We are Grace Church International, a spirit-filled, multicultural, worshiping community. One church in two locations. Today's message is preached by Dr. Tony Alvarado. We pray that it reaches you no matter where you are and equips you to be a more developed Christian disciple. If you're standing at home, just take your seat for a moment. If you stand later, it'll be on you. Amen. But we're thankful for the opportunity to preach on today. Um, the psalm that was read in our hearing, I, I was inspired on last week as our bishop led us through the psalms on last week. And uh, in, this, in this season, we just sense there's an opportunity to, to, to encourage the people of God. There is an opportunity, and out of this psalm today, I believe the Lord has a word for us. And so if you need a title, if you need a subject today, I want to talk about a pandemic praise. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about a pandemic praise. Is there anybody that's still got to praise? Come on. Touch your neighbor and say, no matter what's going on, I still got to praise. I ain't going there yet. Don't, don't push me. Don't rush me. I ain't going there yet. But I wish you just touch somebody around you and tell them, I still have a praise. I still got to worship. There's still something welling up on the inside of me. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on on my job, no matter what's going on in my life, I still have a worship and I still have a praise. I want to talk about a pandemic praise this morning. I believe we can all agree that the year 2020 has not been what we all thought it would be on December 31st, 2019. If you were like me, you came into this year with the normal celebratory mindset and anticipations that come with a new year. We were excited about a new year that would usher us into a new decade of opportunities and visions and dreams. We had no idea that on, on December 31st, 2019, and on January 1st, 2020, we had no idea that by March 2020, just three months into this new year, into this new decade, that we would be thrust into a global pandemic. The COVID-19 global pandemic that is reported to have begun in Wuhan, China, made its way around the globe into the United States. And uh, when the first death was reported on February 29, 2020, by the end of March, cases and deaths had occurred in all 50 of these United States, the District of Columbia, and in all inhabited U.S. territories. President Donald John Trump had commissioned a coronavirus task force led by Vice President uh, Pence and led by Dr. Deborah Burks and Dr. Anthony Fauci. Many U.S. governors had issued shelter-in-place shelter orders and schools began to close and college campuses began to evacuate and mandates for malls and restaurants to close were, were being issued all over this nation. Um, 
Americans uh, were working from home uh, unless they were considered essential workers. Our city hospitals were overwhelmed with those who were sick with the coronas, coronavirus and other medical and pre-existing conditions. Our funeral home, homes and morgues had run out of space to house and bury our loved ones in the traditions of our faith and our families. Churches close their doors and pastors are now leading congregations via online platforms and technology and social media and even live streams. Mental health cases of depression and suicide uh, has increased as people began uh, uh, battling debilitating feelings of isolation and loneliness as a result of social distance. And even now, some eight to nine months into this year, while many people have the privilege of working from home, far too many have been furloughed and lost wages and had to shut down their business and have been forced to shut that uh, 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 forced into financial needing financial assistance from the government educators and administrators and students now have begun a new school year the way that they ended the last school year and so parents and teachers are frustrated with distance learning and digital divides and the disappointment uh, behind high school uh, proms and graduations and college commencement and ceremonies and conferences and concerts and sporting events that may not ever happen this year. This has been a year of lament on many levels. Uh, we lament the loss of closeness with family and friends and uh, birthday parties and funerals and vacations and weddings. We lament loss opportunities, jobs, wages, and, and, and things that, uh, uh, that sustain our livelihood. And if that's not bad enough, we come through a summer full of racial tension with issues of racism and police brutality on display almost daily. People have risked their safety taking to the streets in protest, ushering our nation into a racial reckoning. Agitators have infiltrated peaceful protests to cause confusion and to distract from the issues at hand. And if that's not bad enough, somebody says, that if that's not bad enough, we're in the midst of one of the most controversial political elections this nation has experienced in modern years. At times, we feel hopeful and to only have our hopes dashed as we witness our heroes and sheroes and champions of justice being taken away from us one by one and some even in the same week. We've lost men like the Reverend Joseph Laurie and Reverend C.T. Vivian and the conscious of Congress, Congressman John Lewis. We've lost Kobe Bryant and Chadwick Bozeman and now Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We've lost leaders in the faith community, pastors and church members and bishops. We're a nation in grief. And I must admit that when I sat down to prepare for today's preaching, I myself was overwhelmed with, with feelings of grief and, and, and extreme sadness. As Bishop Alvarado and I have managed our emotions behind the passing of our metropolitan, the right reverend, Bishop J. Delano Ellis. 
And I wandered through the valley of Baca this week. You asked, where is the valley of Baca? I'm glad that you asked. You see, the valley of Baca is mentioned one time in scripture, and it's here in the psalm that we read today in Psalm 84. The psalmist declares in Psalm 84, uh, what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of Baca or the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn wind, uh, the autumn rains will clothe it with blessings, the New Living Translation uh, reads. See, the Hebrew word baka means to weep, and it refers to a type of weeping. It, it, it refers to a weeping tree that, uh, that drips a resin or, or gum-like tears such as a balms or a, a, a balsam or a mulberry or an aspen tree. In the psalmist day, pilgrims probably passed through this waterless valley on their way to Jerusalem to worship. I'm going somewhere. The psalmist uses now the Valley of Baca symbolically to illustrate a difficult and a sorrowful pathway in life. The name of the valley indicates a dry place, a, a, a region since, the, uh, uh, since there is no, no real uh, uh, a typical place for it to be. It, in, in this particular psalm, it indicates a region where this type of tree would tend to grow. And as people travel to Jerusalem to worship, they would pass through this weary place, this on their journey, they would pass through this dry place. I'm going to help somebody. They would pass through a waterless place on their way to worship. I'm trying to help somebody. See, see sometimes... Uh, 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 somewhere. Come on. I'm going somewhere. See, when your heart is set on a pilgrimage, that means that when I set myself, if I say when I got up this morning that I'm on my way to Charlotte, North Carolina on a pilgrimage, that means no matter what happens from Conyers to, to Charlotte, I'm on my way. And no matter where I have to go or what I have to go through, I'm set on getting there. He said, blessed is 
the one whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. See, the psalmist opens up lamenting because he misses the tabernacle. He misses the place of worship. He longs to gather with the saints in worship. He's remembering the days of old. Oh, how they gathered in the house. Oh, how they gathered with their feast and their songs. Oh, how they gathered. Come on, somebody. How they gathered and danced together. How they gathered and sang together. How they worshiped. He longed to hear the songs of Zion. He states it in verse number two. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cries out for the living God. This is not a simple uh, uh, wish or a passing fancy. He pines, if you will. He pines for the presence of God. He's longing for the day when he can get back into the house of God. I know some of you on the live stream have been saying, this is the way I'm going to dance when we come back together. This is the way I'm going to worship when the church opens back up. I'm tired of the live stream. Come on now. I'm tired. When we going back in the house, Bishop? When you going to open up the church again so we can come on in like we used to? So we can dress like we used to? So we can lay out and run around the church like we used to? That's where the psalmist was. He was missing the tabernacle. He was missing the place of worship, just like some of you and I. He's pining for the presence of the living God. The living God is the true object of his longing and his passion, which is not, listen, just an attachment to a place, but an attachment to what the place symbolizes. I know some of you are saying, oh, well, uh, uh, Pastor, we don't, you know, you know, the church is wherever we are. You're right. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. We are the one. He's living inside of us. So wherever we show up, when we come together, where two or three are gathered in his name, he promised to be in the midst of us. But the longing for the place is not brick and mortar. The longing for the place is because this place symbolizes. Come on, somebody. This place symbolizes the presence of the living God. This place symbolizes some of you got married in this place. Some of you had buried loved ones in this place. Some of you got saved in this place. And there's an attachment to the place. There's an attachment to the place that symbolizes where you met God. So he's, so, so the psalmist now is in the valley of Baca and he's on his way to worship, but he can't get to Jerusalem until he goes through the valley. <laughs> he can't get to his destination until he goes through the valley. See, some of us want to get there, but we don't want to go through nothing. Some of us want to get there, but we don't want to go through anything. Some of us want to worship, but we don't want to cry. Come on now. Some of us want to worship, but we don't want nobody to die. We Come on, somebody. Some of us want to worship, but we don't want to go through anything. Come on, just tell the truth. Touch your neighbor and say, that's the problem right there. I don't mind worshiping, but it's what I got to go through. 
in here that would, that, that would agree with me. I love God. I just don't like what God sends me through. Oh, okay, okay. I see you. You like it. You like what God sends you. But there are times where I don't like what God, where he sends me. I don't like it. I love you, God, but I don't love this. I, I love you, but I, why I got to go through this? Why, why do I have to deal with this? Come on, somebody. God, why do I have to go through the valley of Baca just to get to you? So, so the psalmist is declaring now that he's going through the valley of Baca. He, in his musings, he's thinking about this pilgrimage. He's thinking about his pilgrimage. And I'm, I'm almost done. So now the singer, which is another word for psalmist, the singer, listen singers, listen musicians, the singer takes up this word from the previous verse and gives it a new direction. Before, he, he's talking about how he longs for the presence of God. He, 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 says, he says, I want to be in that place. I feel distant from God. I, I, I want to be, I feel like I'm, I'm not as connected. Some of you on this live stream have been feeling a little disconnect and feeling like you're a little distant. And the psalmist is saying, even the sparrow, in verse number three, he says, even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even uh, 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 your altars, O oh Lord of hosts, my King and my God. He says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. And so in his musings, he's talking about blessed. He, all of a sudden, he, 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 he makes a change. He makes a shift. He goes in a new direction. First, he's pining, he's whining, he's crying about where he's got to go and what he's going through and what he's got to go through to get to the presence of God. But then, all of a sudden, he begins to make a shift in verse, in verse number four. He says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. And then in verse number five, he comes back and he, and he says, and blessed are those whose trust is in you. So the singer now borrows from verse number four the same word in verse number five. And he's taking a shift. He's taking a notation shift. In, in, uh, uh, Walter Brueggemann, uh, in, in his study of the Psalms, I had to borrow some of Brueggemann today because in uh, Walter Brueggemann's spirituality of the Psalms, he puts forward a paradigm of orientation, disorientation, and reorientation concerning the Psalms. Brueggemann has developed a very intriguing way of categorizing the Psalms and bringing them into our personal lives. That's why I love the Psalms. In his book, uh, Praying Through the Psalms, he suggests that the Psalms reflect two very basic movements in everybody's life. The first one, he says, is that it reflects the pit. It happens when our world collapses around us and we feel that there's no way out of the pit or the hole that we have sunk into. The second move, he says, is the move uh, to, uh, uh, out of the pit into a welcome place 
where we suddenly understand what has happened and who has brought us up out of the pit. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Come on. Who what? Redeem our lives from destruction. Come on now. The one who brings us up out of, of a pit. Y'all ain't going to help me now. See, I don't know. Maybe it ain't you. But every now and then in this pandemic, I have felt like I've been in a pit. And, 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 and every time I think I'm about to get out of the pit, it seems like I get sucked down deeper into the, oh, maybe where my real people, get sucked down deeper into the pit. But Brueggemann further suggests that human beings regularly find themselves in one or three of, of these three places. Brueggemann suggests, Elder Judy, that, that, that human beings regularly find themselves in one of three places. A place of orientation, where everything makes sense in life. A place of disorientation, where we feel like we've sunk into a pit. And thirdly, a place of reorientation, where we realize that God has lifted us up out of the pit, and now we are fully grateful and aware of why we had to go through it. Oh, Lord, have mercy. So using these three places suggests that life has a rhythm, that we all of us will go through one or all of these three places. He believes that the psalm, the psalmist matches our real life existence, that we all go through disorientation, uh, orientation and disorientation and we all go through a reorientation so so the psalmist here now is going through a reorientation in verse number five the singer the psalmist is moving through what was considered the normal rhythm of life I wish you just touch somebody around you and tell them what you're going through is just life baby It's just life. I, 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 you know, we, wanna, we want to uh, we wanna say it's the devil, and, and sometimes it is. But it's just life. There are things that happen because of life. Just because you're alive, just because you're breathing, baby, just because you're, you're here. There are things that all of us go through called life. So, so, so he pauses. The, 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 the psalmist pauses, then he praises, and then he proceeds. Touch your neighbor and say, when you're, when, you're, when you're in disorientation, you got to pause, you got to praise, and then you got to proceed. I'm talking about a pandemic praise. Come on. Touch your neighbor and say, when you're disoriented, you got to pause. You got to praise, and then you got to proceed. Because he said, blessed are those whose heart is set on pilgrimage, which means I'm just going through it. See, 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 he goes through orientation where he considers the world, uh, he pauses. And he goes through orient, uh, orientation where he considers the place where he is. 
He goes through a disorientation where he laments and, and expresses anger and frustration and confusion about what he is experiencing. See, I, I'm only for out for the real saints today because some of us are so spiritual and so deep that we don't want anybody to know that we ever get angry, that we ever get frustrated, or that we ever get confused. Come on, somebody. But real people know that this is a part of life, and it doesn't mean that I don't love God. It doesn't mean that I don't know the scriptures. It doesn't mean that I don't know how to pray. It's a real emotion. It's a real feeling. It's a real situation that I'm going through. And so the psalmist, why I like the psalmist, is because they ain't fake, he ain't fake like church folk. The psalmist knows how to tell the truth about where they are, yet they still hold on to their confession that God is still good. So, 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 so he, so he, he laments. He's angry, he's frustrated, and he's confused about where he is. Oh, but he doesn't stay there. Come on, somebody. Notice, please, that the psalmist says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, he recognizes now the valley of Baca because he knows that it's just a temporary place. Would you tell somebody around you, this place is just temporary? Come on. What we're going through right now is just temporary. Come on. This is a temporary space. Come on. We're just passing through it. Come on. Don't settle down here. Come on. Don't, don't pitch a tent here. Come on, somebody. Don't get comfortable right where you are. Lord, I'm getting happy right now. Touch somebody around you and say, I'm just passing through. Come on now. I, I, the psalmist recognizes this place. You know why he recognized this place, Bishop? Because he's been here before. Would you tell somebody, I've been here before. Come on now. I've been in a hard place before. I've been in a place where I, I didn't know where God was before. I've been, come on, I've seen sickness before. I've seen poverty before. Come on, is there anybody in the room that would tell the truth? You've been through what you're going through before. <laughs> He's been here before. Now, 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 here's the real deal. So, so, so when I did some research on the Valley of Baca, I, I, said, oh, I said, Lord, I need to know a little bit more about this valley, this Valley of Baca. Baca is also known, Elder, Elder Pyram, as the Valley of Rephaim. You ask, what is the Valley of Rephaim? Well, I'm glad you asked. One of the places, the Valley of Raphaim, is one of the places where God gave David victory over the Philistines. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, one, one, uh, once it, it, it reads, verse number 22, once more the Philistines came up and spread out in the Valley of Raphaim. So David inquired of the Lord, and he answered, do not go straight up but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. And as soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, move quickly, David, because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David, verse 25, did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. 
Okay, and let me help you understand what's happening here. So in the Valley of Raphaim, which is also known as the Valley of Baca, there was a tree in the valley called the poplar tree. It was a very small, shrub-like tree. And, and But the interesting thing about this tree, Minister, uh, 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 what's your name? Zarek. Minister Zarek. Uh, I was going to call you Zacchaeus, but it's all right. Uh, so, so, you know, when you got more, when you got kids, you call everybody, everybody name. You know, I'd be like Jonathan Ariel. You know who I'm talking about. Y'all know. And so, so listen, so, so there's a poplar tree in the Valley of, Raph in the valley of Raphael. And it's a very small tree. But the interesting thing about this tree is that when the wind rushes through this tree, it makes the sound of a mighty army. It sounds like a marching army when the wind goes through the tree. So the enemy thought he had trapped David in the valley of Raphim. But God said, listen, I want you to stay there because when you hear the sound of marching, that means I have blown a wind through the tree. And I've gone out before you, David. And so David slew the Philistines because when they heard the sound of marching, they thought they were hearing an army, but all they was hearing was the wind blowing through the tree. Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor, in this next season, God's going to give you victory. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, God's going to give you victory. So the Lord had gone out before David in this place and gave him the victory over his enemies. So when the psalmist is referencing this place, he realizes this is the same place where God gave me victory before. This is the same place, come on where God showed up before. Oh Lord, I'm trying to help somebody. It was a place of reorientation. He, his tomb begins to change. I always said nothing. He finds himself in the valley of weeping, but when he realizes that he's in the valley of weeping, the Bible says, when he realizes it, he says, this is not just a regular valley. This is a place where my tears can bring forth a spring, a refreshing spring. So he calls it a blessed place. Touch your neighbor, say neighbor. Come on, say neighbor. This is a blessed place, come on now. I know it don't feel like it, but touch your neighbor, say neighbor, take me down, take me down. This is a blessed place, come on. Come on, touch your neighbor, say neighbor, this is a blessed place. Come on, touch your neighbor, say neighbor, this is a blessed place. This is a blessed place. He says, blessed are those who go through this place. This beatitude gives the psalmist a new direction. He's refusing to settle down in vain regret. And listen, musicians and singers, verse number five is a new song. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Verse number five is a new stanza to the song. He starts out depressed, but when he gets done, he's praising God. Come on, touch your neighbor, say neighbor. He says, neighbor, blessed are those whose trust is in you. They go, come on, from strength to strength. You know what the psalmist was really saying? Is if I can't find sweetness in this place, at least I can find strength. Come on now, touch your neighbor, say neighbor. Get strength, come on. From somewhere 
tears have purpose they're able to discern the presence of God by what they're going through this is how we know God is a healer you don't know he's a healer unless you've ever been sick ooh, ooh. you don't know he's a provider until you've had lack come on somebody this is how we know 
it by going through the valley of Baca. Allowing our tears to be overshadowed by the rain. Our tears make it a spring. If this message has blessed you, join us as we seek to change lives by reaching and equipping people through the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can find us on Facebook at Grace Church International, on Instagram at Grace Church INTLATL, or on our website at www.gracechurchintl.org. If you would like to partner with us in our mission, you can donate on PayPal at www.paypal.me slash gracechurchintl, on Cash App at dollar sign gracechurchintl, or on our website at www.gracechurchintlatl.org slash giving. Now go in grace and the grace of God go with you.